Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading or streaming the Be Our Guest podcast. Well, today we have a different kind of show. It's just me here in the studio because we're recording a bit early with all the races, Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend and then Disneyland Half Marathon Weekend. And with it being January and you know how I get a little nervous, don't want to miss any podcast. want you to always have a fresh episode here on the feed. I'm just kind of experimenting a little bit today. So no list of questions. We'll get back to that. I promise you next Wednesday. But today, I grabbed a guidebook off the shelf. I keep these old guidebooks, and I grabbed the 2003 Birnbaum's Guide to Walt Disney World. And I really dive into this guidebook. I, I go through some of the hot tips that they give for, for getting the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation for each park, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, MGM Studios at the time, Animal Kingdom, what they talk about as far as touring the parks efficiently. I go into the prices for tickets, different various prices of theme park tickets. Uh, we talk about dining options. We go into the available tours that you could take at the time, the the uh, different celebrations that were going on around property. It's a really, it's a hit of nostalgia. If you were around back in the, the early 2000s and you traveled to Walt Disney World during that time, and if you didn't, it is kind of fun to, to look and see the evolution of the Walt Disney World Resort over the past 20 years or so. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. Again, we're going to be back to normal here very soon. It's just that with everybody running the races and everybody being out of the uh, the studios, I want to give you a new show, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Of course, today's show brought to you by The Magic for Less Travel. We'd love to help you plan that next Disney vacation. Check out all the details over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link if you can, as often as you can, over at brguestpodcast.com slash Amazon. And thank you so very much to our patrons. You make all these shows possible. I can't thank you enough for that. Our patrons also get that bonus show every week called Mike in the Midwest. So come on over just $5 a month. Patreon.com slash Be Our Guest Podcast. Ready to take a trip to the world? You found the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. This is where your memories come front and center on our podcast stage. Welcome to episode 2,418 of the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rallman from BeOurGuestPodcast.com and one of the senior agents over at The Magic for Less Travel. Happy Wednesday to you. I hope this show finds you well and thank you so much for always downloading our podcast. We appreciate you being a listener of the show so very much and I hope the 2024 is started off well for you. We're 10 days in. So how are those first 10 days? Well, if they're not great, you got 300 and what, 55 days to turn around. It's going to be great. We're going to make it awesome. And uh, for those folks that are just back from Marathon Weekend down in Walt Disney World, congratulations. Enjoy the medals and put all the uh, Asper cream and uh, Icy Hot all over those muscles. And for those people that are crazy enough to go coast to coast in the span of 10 days, like I am, because I came home, I'm home today at long enough to do my laundry. And then I'm flying out bright and early five o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, safe travels to everybody headed out west. And we'll see you out on Harbor Boulevard in Disneyland. And uh, are we riding the Matterhorn? Have we decided on that? Are we going to have corn dogs on Main Street? Are we going to take on the fun wheel? I'm, I am not getting on the, the spinny buckets. Forget it. Anyway, you might wonder, Mike, are you going to introduce the ladies? Are you going to introduce our friend Scotty G? No, I'm not. 
because today I'm flying solo. And then you're going to say, Mike, when are you going to read the first Lester question? It's a Wednesday, and I'm a person who, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a stickler for routine. If anybody's a stickler for routine, it's Mike Rallman. But today, since we are flying by the seat of our pants because of everybody being out of the studios with all the races in the beginning of the new year, we're recording this one a little bit early so that in case we have any travel delays, because again, I live in the Midwest where it snows and ices and who knows the travel delays. And I, I never want to miss a podcast for you guys. Haven't done it in 15, almost 16 years. Not going to happen on my watch if I can help it. So this show is here, but it's going to be a little different. Not listener questions because listener questions, if we record them two weeks, three weeks ahead of time, we can give you really bad information. So that's not really a good idea. But what I'm going to do today is kind of step outside the box and experiment a little for an episode. And I know the last couple of weeks have been a little bit different with those little shorter shows with the mini drafts. I hope you understand that we wanted to give you something to entertain you, to think about, to take on your walks, to take on your runs, just to take on your commutes. We're going to be back to normal here next week when we're all back together and the races are behind us for a little bit and we're settling into the new year. So thanks for your patience. But we want to keep the show going, you know, with new episodes and new content for you guys. But today, I am flying solo, except for we have a lot of folks listening on Facebook and tuned in on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter. And we're going to add those comments in here as we go. But today, for my idea, what I thought, because I have a big shelf here in the basement. Now, my studio is in the basement as well. But we also have a big living room in our basement. Not big living room, but we have a living room area in our basement with a TV and a couch and a dartboard, you know, all the essentials for a good Midwestern basement. But we also have a leaning shelf where I keep all my uh, Missouri, or Missouri, my Walt Disney World. <laughs> I'm thinking football. Um, where I keep all my guidebooks from years gone by, all my, like, you know, resources, my paper resources, because I'm an old dude, right? So I thought, and I walk past them every day and I always look at them and they make me happy, even though they're out of date and I never look at them again, hardly ever, but I like to have them there. They're like a, like an old blanket. They, they make me happy. So what I thought I would do today is just kind of thumb through a few of these books and let's take a, like a walk down memory lane and see some things that people were saying maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, this is all going to be about Walt Disney World. Look at some prices for things like hotel rooms. See how things have changed. Policies, how they have changed. Tips that these, you know, leading experts like the Burn Bombs Guide gave. Because one of the things that I always did was when I, and, and we did this every year. And I don't know if you guys did this, and I bet you did. So let me know on the social media because I'd like to retweet this as, you know, even when I'm out at Disneyland, I'm always on my social media, on, especially on X on Twitter. Again, be our guest, Mike. Let me know. Every year we would buy the Burn Bombs guide. Now, we would also buy the unofficial guide, but that was super text heavy, right? It was a lot of information that you would devour kind of on the couch. The Burn Bombs guide, that was the one that had all the pictures. And it didn't change that much from year to year, to be honest. I'd buy it every year, though. And I don't know why I would buy it. I'd always buy it, too, at the Disney store at the mall. Again, I'm dating myself, but that was kind of our routine. You would go in the Disney store at your local mall. They would have kind of the big centerpiece of all the plushes and all that. And it was kind of like your 
pseudo contact with the Disney parks that was in your local town. You, you felt kind of comfortable there if you were a Disney parks fan. And what really made you comfortable was seeing the Burn Bombs guide because you would go in there and you'd see at the top, it would always have the year. And when it rolled over to the next year, you knew that you could read about the new, I don't know, whether it was a parade that was coming that year, a new fireworks show, a coaster, whatever the new attraction was. Uh, sometimes it was a new resort opening that year. It was super exciting. And they even some years put coupons in the back. So for example, let's get going. I'm going to start off with my oldest guy that I have here that I can remember is 2003. Now, this podcast started in 2008. So this was well before we started the Be Our Guest podcast. We started the podcast in 2000, uh, March of 2008. So this is well before that. I'm going to go to the back of this. And again, in the back of this burn bombs guide, it gives you a property wide fold up map which if you go to youtube.com slash VR guest podcast, you can see all this stuff and it shows you, you know, kind of a, a property wide map, which is a really good map. It's a great map actually. And it also gives you a place to make your notes as far as your check-in, your checkout, where you're staying, your flight numbers, um, the rental car company, all this stuff that you would put in your phone nowadays. And it gives you the phone numbers for like Walt Disney world reservations, uh, priority seating is what they're calling it. Uh, it's, it's just so funny. Lost and found the mirrors motor shuttle. I love that stuff, but let me look at the coupons that you can get here real quick. So they did include some coupons, 10% off Disney quest for up to four people. That's long gone. 10% off food and beverage at Wolfgang puck express at downtown Disney West side. Well, that doesn't, uh, that's gone. A complimentary gift at the Disney information center, 20% off accommodations at Vero beach. That's pretty interesting. 15% off uh, Epcot's Dive Quest admission. That'd be fun. 15% off Disney's Dolphins in depth, up to four people. Let's see, is there anything else good here? 10% off uh, up to four people admission to Pleasure Island. How about that? And 10% off food and non alcoholic beverages at Disney's Wide World of Sports All Star Cafe. Almost every one of those things is gone. So as I thumb through here, it's interesting to look. So I'm going to look at some of the hot tips because I like to look at the hot tips in the burn bombs guide. Cause like I said, those were the little things that I would go through first because I thought if I knew the hot tips, I was kind of like an insider. Like I, you know, I was, I was on the cutting edge because remember 2003, you didn't, this was, this preceded social media. What you had in 2003 were basically online were users groups and you had, V bulletin sites. Like we had a V bulletin site when we started our podcast. Um, it was the forums. We had brguestpodcast.com slash forums. And those things were great. They just kind of really slowed down when Twitter and Facebook took off, which I really miss our forums. I wish we could go back to that. Oh God, I miss them so much. But this guide, this guidebook is kind of broken down into does this kind of talk about the book book itself these burn bombs guide because they, they were all the same they just kind of updated year to year but it gives you kind of when to go how to get there planning ahead theme park tickets sample schedules and then customized uh travel tips so it's here now here's what it says this is in 2003 let's talk about this 2003 least crowded times to visit second week of january through the first week of february week after Labor Day until Thanksgiving, 
week after Thanksgiving through week before Christmas. It's probably still true, except for maybe Labor Day to Thanksgiving is now, that's fall, that's pretty crowded. But that was back then, because that was, remember, this was pre-free dining. This was pre-dining plan ever coming around, right? So that was kind of interesting. So yes, free dining kind of screwed up that middle time. Here's when they said there was average attendance. First week of January, second week of February until President's Week, end of February through second week of March, last week of April through May, and Thanksgiving week. Most crowded times, President's Week, third week of March through third week of April, June through Labor Day, and Christmas through New Year's Day. Now, interesting there too, because I wouldn't even say summer's the most crowded right now. I would flip-flop June through Labor Day is not the most crowded anymore. I think some people skip that because of the heat. And I would say, you know, that maybe that, that fall time is more crowded then. So it kind of, I think it has shifted over the past because it's 21 years ago. And it talks about the holiday and special events, and they're almost all the same. You got the uh, the Walt Disney World Marathon in January. It says 15,000 entrants would run. I think it's way more than that at this point. Uh, it doesn't talk about... It, it only had, at that point, uh, they, had a, they had a full marathon and they had a 5K. That was it. They did not have a half. They did not have a 10K. It doesn't list it here in the book. You had, in November, you could go to the Super ABC Super Soap Weekend or the Festival of the Masters which was in downtown Disney. Let's see if there's anything else that was uh, around we don't have anymore. How about the Osborne Spectacle of Lights? That was in December. Night of Joy in September. There was a Disneyana convention in August. St. Patrick's Day celebration. I don't have that anymore. Uh, let's see here, though. Pleasure Island. That was always fun. That was open 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. daily, and they celebrated New Year's Eve nightly that was always so fun uh let's see here what else do we have here uh, let's see if we got any hot tips uh hot tip here by goofy front desk employees at walt disney world will ask to see photo ids upon check-in don't forget to pack one that was for planning ahead in your logistics uh, oh, here's another hot tip. At the end of your visit, make a note of the number of unused days on a multi-day ticket. Write it on the ticket itself. Nowadays, your tickets, they expire, right? You got to use them. You can't do that anymore. But back then, you could keep those extra days. Uh, let's see here. Those are the ultimate park hopper days. Let's see. Let's jump ahead. Oh, here, here's some prices. <laughs> Want to know prices of tickets in 2003? All right, here we go. A one-day ticket for an adult. And again, this is not, this was for any of the parks. You didn't have to buy Magic Kingdom or Epcot. This was, you didn't do that back then. A one-day adult ticket, $50.88. For a child, $40.28. A four-day adult park hopper ticket, $203.52. For a child, $161.12. If you wanted Park Hopper Plus, for five days for an adult, $261.84. What a deal. And then here, how about this? Let's go, let's let's splurge. Let's stay for a long time. So remember the ultimate park hopper? 
you bought this sucker and you could do whatever you wanted on property. You could go to Disney Quest, you could go to the water parks, you could park hop, didn't matter. Here you go. Dude, it's gonna blow your mind. I can't believe this. A 10-day ultimate park hopper ticket in 2003 for an adult. $416.60. Sign me up. What is that? That's crazy. $416.60 for a 10-day ultimate park hopper ticket to do whatever you want. Oh, you want to know the annual pass prices? They're in here too. An adult annual pass. $369.94. Lord have mercy. And a premium annual pass, which I believe just included the uh, the water parks, four ninety seven seventeen. And if you wanted to renew, an adult renewal was four forty four sixteen. It says prices are subject to change. Yes, yes they are. Oh my goodness, that was interesting. I'm glad I saw that. Uh, that's fun. So let's see here. Um. Let's see, what else do we have here? There's some money-saving tips. Oh, here's one for food. I like this one I use in my everyday life. Sometimes certain Epcot eateries have early bird dinner specials. It pays to ask. Do you think that's true anymore? I don't think that. I don't, I don't think there's anywhere at Epcot that has early bird dinner specials. Uh, visit the fancier dining establishments at lunchtime if you so desire rather than at dinner. Sometimes the same entrees often cost less at the midday meal. I think that is true still. I think you can catch some lunch prices rather than dinner prices at certain places. Uh, oh, RIP, one of my favorite things. Well, I love these things. The Trails Inn Buffet at Fort Wilderness has an inexpensive yet very satisfying all-you-can-eat country breakfast buffet. Oh, R.I.P. Trails Inn Buffet. It was so good. It was so good. Ryan says, Ryan Kennedy, who's tuned in here on Facebook as we do the show, I probably thought those prices were high back then. We all did. We probably all freaked out about those prices, but man. Can you imagine those ticket prices? The ultimate park hopper for 400 bucks. You had, you own the world for 10 days. That, that's like two days now. That's, oof. and it's not even like, you know, ultimate park hopper, um, you know, uh, flexibility. Uh, let's see here. Let's see what else we got here. What else can we look at? It gives you kind of a schedule of what to do on your days. We know what to do there. Uh, gives a timeline of stuff that opened. Here's some hot tips for, I don't know which park, for MGM Studios. Because remember, I'm just kind of just skipping around in the book here because why not? We're just having fun today. Hot tips, MGM Studios, before it was called Disney's Hollywood Studios, back in 2003. Some attractions keep shorter hours than the park itself. Check a times guide. When you arrive, it, uh, it lists the current hours and schedules. That's true of, of today. That's very true. That's still the same. Uh, Tower of Terror is a popular attraction with long lines, right? It very early or later in the day and never right after eating a meal. Amen. That's good. That's a good tip. Uh, let's see here. See rock and roller coaster voids, little mermaid and star tours earlier in the day before the crowds build. That's a good one. 
Uh, let's see here. For a full service meal, make priority seating arrangements when you arrive at either Hollywood Junction or the Eatery. 50s Primetime Cafe, Hollywood Brown Derby, Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater, Hollywood and Vine, or Mama Melrose Restaurante Italiano. For reservations, call 407-WDW-DINE up to four months ahead. How about that? Uh, let's see here. The shops on Hollywood Boulevard are open a half hour past park closing. I want you to know that. Uh, let's see here. Ooh, here we go. The Hollywood Brown Derby and Mama Melrose Restaurante Italiano offer a dinner and show combination. A meal followed by Fantasmic, complete with VIP seating. It's a great way to avoid the time-consuming hassle of waiting for the show. Reservations must be made in person within seven days of the show. That's interesting. Okay, so those are good tips. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I wonder if we got some hot tips for Epcot. Let me find those. Where's the hot tips? Here we go. Hot tips for Epcot. I like the hot tips. And John is tuned in here on Facebook, joining us. Says, hey, Mike, the wife and I are hitting French Quarter on the 16th for 10 days and wish these prices were still in place. You and me both, John. <laughs> Holy cow, right? If we only knew how good we had it back then. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? To look back 21 years ago. I mean, oh man, if you, like, if we would have seen the prices we're paying nowadays back then, I mean, you know me, I'm super cheap. I would have had a heart attack. I wouldn't be around. All right. Some hot tips for Epcot that, that makes sense here. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Where's a good one. If you plan to play at ImageWorks, the delightful interactive play area inside imagination, Take along the email address of a friend. It may come in handy. Do you guys remember that? So in ImageWorks, which is you would come out of Journey into Your Imagination, the attraction with Figment, and I still remember doing this many times, you would come to a terminal where you could make like those, it's almost like a jib-jab kind of thing, like, a, like an interactive postcard. You could also do this, I think, at Mission Space. And... You would like you would, at the end, you'd type in an email address of like your, you know, grandma or whoever, aunt and uncle back home, and you'd send them, Hey, from Epcot. And it would show like a picture of your face, like on a, like on Fickman's body. And we thought that was so cool in 2003. Oh my gosh. I, God, I forgot about that. So just now, uh, also allow plenty of time to explore the hands-on exhibits at interventions East and West and image works and imagination, as well as fitness fairgrounds inside the wonders of life pavilion. Oh, uh, that's not good. Uh, when it comes to park hopping, Epcot is an ideal park to hop to. It's usually open late. Uh, although a friendship water taxi is unlikely to transport you across World Showcase Lagoon any faster than a brisk walk would, it's a peaceful, foot-friendly way to make the half-mile-plus journey. Okay, I'll be honest. I have never once taken the, the, the friendship boat across World Showcase Lagoon. Have you? I never have. I see it happen all the time, but I've never done that because I guess maybe I'm not patient enough. I should, right? I mean, I bet you could get nice pictures at least. It'd be a neat thing to do. I wonder how many things like that I haven't done at Walt Disney World just because I haven't thought to take the time to try it. Why am I in a hurry? Like when I'm down there over marathon weekend, I'm just trying to stay off my feet and just rest and I'm solo. I'm not, I'm not trying to do a whole bunch of stuff. I wonder if I did that. I should. Since I'm recording this early, I still have the opportunity. 
Oh no, here we go. Several interactive fountain areas at Epcot provide guests of all ages with an opportunity to cool off. Be sure to pack swimsuits or waterproof diapers for little ones who will undoubtedly spend time splashing in the water. I guess we still have those. Are the, the, do those still go over by Mission Space? There's some uh, fountains over there. And there were some there kind of um, in that walkway between... Well, it was where the Fountain of Nations was. Kind of that, that breezeway where uh, Lights of Winter used to be, you know, between World Showcase and Future World. Kind of to the right there as you look over to uh, Imagination. They used to have those. What are the hot tips for uh, Magic Kingdom? Let's see what we got. <laughs> Here we go. Start the day by picking up a Fast Pass assignment for your favorite attraction. That's what I used to do in 2003. I would have to go run to the Fast Pass machine. I'd get everybody's little cards, little room keys. I'd run to the back of the park, put them in, get the little paper Fast Passes, meet the family, stand in line for the first attraction, set my alarm for two hours later, go to the next one. And that was, I was always the, the schlepper to get the Fast Passes. Uh, let's see here. If there are two performances of the evening parade, the later one tends to draw the, the smaller crowds. That's true. Uh, let's see here. At busy times, taking these not-so-packed attractions, the Walt Disney World Railroad, Liberty Bell Riverboat, Hall of Presidents, and the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. Good tips. Uh, you can usually get in line for an attraction right up until the minute the park closes. That's true. Dying to meet Mickey Mouse? Head for the judge's tent in Mickey's Toontown Fair. You have to go through his house to get there. He greets visitors all day, every day. Remember back then you had Mickey's Toontown Fair? Back where Storybook Circus is now? That was kind of a fun little area. Storybook Circus is better in the new Fantasyland. But I have tons of fun memories back there because that's where we used to take Mallory and Paige. Uh, let's see here. How about this? If you're driving, start out very early. Most people are... <laughs> this is hilarious. Most people arrive between 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. And the roads and parking lots are jammed. If you're coming at Easter, Christmas, or in the summer, arrive before 8.30 a.m. or wait until late afternoon when things are less hectic. Be at the gates to the Magic Kingdom when they open, and then be at the end of Main Street when the rest of the park opens. I would say be there before that. Here's a fun one that is so gone because of technology. If your party decides to split up, set a meeting place in time. Avoid meeting in front of Cinderella Castle, since this area can get quite congested. Uh, let's see. Many Magic Kingdom attractions have two lines. The one on the left will usually be shorter, since most visitors automatically head to the one on the right. Uh, let's see here. There are picnic facilities at the Transportation and Ticket Center. Who knew? I didn't know. Okay, let's look at Animal Kingdom real quick. Uh, hot tips for Animal Kingdom. Uh, 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 uh. Most of Animal Kingdom's attractions take place outdoors. Don't become overheated. Make a point of slipping into the air-conditioned shops or restaurants from time to time to cool off. That is a great tip because that park is hot. Uh, let's see here. Ch -ch -ch. The line for Kilimanjaro Safaris tends to dwindle a bit by midday. See it then. The experience is enjoyable at any time of the day. Uh, Rainforest Cafe usually keeps longer hours than the park does. And if you plan to park hop, Animal Kingdom is a good park at which to begin the day. Okay. 
everything else in the world. I know we're just using this book, so we'll just stick with this one for this episode. And if you like this, let me know. And we can dive into 2006, 2010, uh, couples, and all these other books. Because I'm just going to stick to this one because we've kind of gone long with this book. But this is kind of fun. I like diving into these. But uh, <laughs> I just, I've kind of, this is what I do. Like, I'll sit on the couch and just dive into these. So it says everything else in the world, and it breaks it down to downtown Disney, the boardwalk, water parks, Daredevil Disney, Fort Wilderness. WDW spas, specialty cruises, and behind-the-scenes tours. So immediately, immediately, you know what I have to uh, go to? Daredevil Disney. What's Daredevil Disney? So that's page 194. So I got to check that out real quick. So thanks for hanging with me here. Let's see what we got here. Daredevil Disney. Oh, okay. So Daredevil Disney page says, well, oh, yeah, this is pretty good stuff here. I forgot about all this stuff. So if you want to be a daredevil at Disney, you could and shout out to Jennifer. Who's catching the red eye to Walt Disney world tonight. Safe travels and see you soon. You could parasail. Even if you had, uh, if you, it says, even if you've never had the urge to be a human kite, I love that. Cause I'm going to parasail with the girls, uh, on our cruise this summer in July. Cause I did it with Paige years ago. Now Mallory wants to do it. Even if you've never had the urge to be a human kite, consider giving this a whirl. After a simple liftoff from the back of a boat, you and your parachute gradually climb skyward. Before you know it, you're eye level with the roof of the Contemporary Resort Hotel. A few peaceful minutes later, the hotel and the nearby Magic Kingdom appear to have shrunk considerably. It's not unlike the illusion of flying over London in Peter Pan's flight. Only this flight is no illusion. You're literally 500 or, feet, 500 or so feet above it all. And don't worry about the landing. It's smooth as the trip itself. Oh my gosh. So you can parasail out on uh, Bay Lake. They also have stock car racing. Remember that you had the Richard Petty driving experience where you could drive a car or you could ride shotgun. I mean, the, the racetrack's gone now, but a lot of us back in the day, um, back in the day, we used to run that track during the marathon. Did anybody remember running that during the 26 mile marathon? So there were two terrible parts about that when I ran the race and we had to run the track. One, the worst part of the two parts wasn't the track itself. It was going into the track. So you had to run down this super steep hill because you had to go under the grandstand and it shot you down a really steep hill under and then back up. So you went kind of under the grandstand seats. And the problem was your legs are super tired. And when your legs are super tired, you can't really decelerate very well. So you kind of get out of control. And I thought I was going to bite it at the bottom of the hill, but you run down the hill and then you hit the bottom and you go back up and then you're on the infield and you hit the track and you do like a lap around the track. The second part about the track that was brutal is it is banked more than you can imagine because of the speeds the cars take on these stock car tracks, but you don't realize it. And it is really hard to run on a banked track which you realize that too, when you run the races nowadays, because we run those clover leaves where, you know, you, the buses take and the cars take to get on, you know, change from like world drive to go on Buena Vista drive, those big, you know, clover leaves they're banked too, but the stock car track was banked like times 10. So yeah, I forgot about the rich petty driving experience. Also, I love this Derek and Jennifer when we go to this section too. surfing. Remember when you could surf over at Typhoon Lagoon? says, when the sun comes up, so does the surf at, Ty at uh, Disney's Typhoon Lagoon on select days. Guests can take part in a surf clinic taught by competitive surfers, some even former Olympians. Instructors control the height of the waves, and they give Mother Nature a run for her money. 
If you've never hung 10 before, know this, it's not easy. But once you've managed to get up on a board, it's a blast. How about that? Water skiing. You could water ski on Disney's Bay Lake by Sammy Duvall's instructors. You could also speedboat. Uh, let's see here. That's all. You could also rent the water mice. Remember those water mice? We did those. That, that was fun. Those little, they were so little. Oh my gosh, those were fun. And then at the bottom it says relaxing. You can just relax. So yeah, man, those things were so fun. And then over Fort Wilderness, you go to the blacksmith shop. You could rent bikes. You could go boating. Oh my gosh. Just the, see, this is actually Walt Disney world is fun today. Don't get me wrong. I had a great time down there at marathon weekend. I always have a good time at Walt Disney world, but this back in 2003, when I didn't know any better and I bought this book, this is the kind of stuff that got me jazz because this was still like the 1970s vacation kingdom era. Cause like I would read this and I'm, I probably wasn't going to do most of this stuff on my vacation. But in my mind, before I went down from St. Louis, you know, cause it'd be a 15 hour drive. I didn't fly back then. And we only went once a year and we'd stay for like 10 days. Cause I was a teacher then with my wife. But the thing was, is that, and I think a lot of us do this, right? We, we think we're going to do everything before the trip. Right? So I think maybe I will parasail. Maybe we'll rent a speedboat. You, you probably don't do any of that. You probably just go to the theme parks, but you think you're going to go to every restaurant you think you're going to stay out till two in the morning at Pleasure Island back in the day? I mean, I, there were days I stayed out till two in the morning at Pleasure Island with friends. I mean, I, and it was a blast. That place was awesome. They had eight tracks, that that club. They had the country club. I love that. They had adventurers club. It, it was, I mean, that place was, it was awesome. Um, but in the anticipatory days leading up to a trip, you think you're going to do everything in this book and you still, you know, in your, in the thing is before your trip, everything is a possibility. That's why I think these books are so fun. It talks about fishing excursions on Bay lakes. I I've done that with my friend, Mark Yerkes. He took a bunch of our friends out on a, we've gone out on pontoon boats and that's been some of the best days I've ever had at Walt Disney world. I'm not even a fisherman. I don't know how to fish. But the guide baits your hook and tells you exactly where to cast and you catch everybody catches fish and they help you get them off the hook. And you're there with buddies and friends. I took my daughter. Uh, Hannah was there with Steve and we are, you know, just joking and cutting up and sharing stories. And I mean, just the best times ever seeing, you know, the, the, the transportation and ticket, big boats coming out for the day. You're seeing behind the scenes, amazing times with great friends. And it wasn't about the fishing. It was more about the friends, but I got to fish. Like I never get to fish. I got to do that. Talks about the lawnmower tree over there, trail rides, playing tennis. You could do that. Uh, tetherball. I mean, who plays tetherball anymore? Remember tetherball? But it's, you know, these, I think what's cool about this is that these books have, they're, they're a time capsule at this point. So real quick, I mean, we got to get out of here shortly because we're going to go long, but Let's hit the behind the scenes behind the scenes tours that were available at this time in 2003. You got the backstage magic, which was $200 a person and lasted seven hours. You would go to the Magic Kingdom, the studios in Epcot, and lunch was included with a few special surprises. So seven hour tour of three parks for 200 bucks, man. I, and I never got to do this one. I would have loved. This was the big one. I wish I could have done this one. You had Backstage Safari, which was over at Animal Kingdom, Keys to the Kingdom. I've done this one twice, still available. It's awesome. Uh, Disney's Family Magic Tour, 
Dive Quest, Dolphins in Depth, Gardens of the World, Hidden Treasures of World Showcase. I actually did that one once. Uh, the Magic Behind Our Steam Trains. I've done that one. Undiscovered Future World. I want to do that one. I've never done that one. Welcome to the Magic Kingdom Tour. Wild by Design. Yuletide Fantasy. So some of the tours there that were... Uh, and then you get into the sports and all that stuff. And this is just one book. This is the 2003 burn bombs guide, which I mean, these are probably available online somewhere. I think this is something fun to do. If you are, you know, you're missing Walt Disney world, you're in between trips, whether you've been to Walt Disney world back in those times, which we went back then. So it brings back a lot of memories of our first times in I think ignorance is bliss when it comes to things like this many, many times, right? We didn't know what we were doing, but I think that made it awesome because everything was new and eyes wide open on our trips back then to pop century or back then we stayed at all-star sports. Mostly we didn't know we didn't, when we thought all-star sports and it still is pretty awesome, but back then it was the greatest thing ever. Cause we were sports fans. I remember our first trip when we were at all-star sports, we got our picture in the lobby because they had a picture on the wall of, of us there was a picture of Mark McGuire on the wall. And so we all got our picture by him because we're like, that's our guy. Cause we're from St. Louis and he was a St. Louis Cardinal. So that was our kind of, um, you know, our hometown, uh, uh, connection. We loved it. So, you know, if you're missing the place, grab a guidebook from years gone by, go through it. And it's, it is, it's like a dopamine hit of nostalgia. It's fun. So I hope you enjoyed this kind of walk down memory lane. I apologize that it's a solo show. Uh, we will have Scott, Ricky, and Pam back on the shows here shortly, but I didn't want you to miss a podcast while we're out of the studio. I want to make sure there was something here on the feed that we could keep you company, but we'll be back to having listener questions on Wednesdays, great fun topics on Fridays, trip reports on Mondays. We'll have the live call-in shows on Sunday nights here. As soon as we get back from all the races and all the traveling, we're going to record some live audio on these trips. And uh, we're going to make the show even better in 24. We're going to always be worth your time. And we sure appreciate your support. So hope you enjoyed kind of stepping outside the box and and having a great, uh, you know, just experimenting with this today. So I just, I hope it was worth your time. And I appreciate you hanging with me here on the show today. Don't forget the podcast always brought to you by the Magic for Less Travel. I'd love to help you plan your next vacation here in 24. So just check out all the details. No cost to you, and I promise to work my rear end off to get you the best price possible and make this the most magical vacation ever over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link if you could. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It's just one extra click. BeOurGuestPodcast.com slash Amazon. And thank you so very much to our Patreon supporters. You guys carry the show. You make everything happen here. And our Patreon supporters get a bonus show every week called Mike in the Midwest. It's only $5 a month. It really does mean a lot to us. It's patreon.com slash be our guest podcast. Give me a follow on social media. would love to hear your thoughts on today's show. Please give me a little feedback. What did you think at be our guest, Mike, Instagram, Twitter slash X and threads. I'd love to hear your feedback there. And of course, this Sunday night, I'm trying to think no live call in show this Sunday night. Cause we're running the half marathon in Disneyland, but next Sunday night we'll be back and taking your calls and uh, having a good time with that. And I can't wait for that. That's always a good time. So until we get back together again, for Scott, Ricky, and Pam, who are not here today, but here in spirit, I'm Mike, and I love you guys. I appreciate you guys so much. You guys stay, stay, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you real soon.
You've been listening to the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website at BeOurGuestPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.